You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 60. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Well, all right, all right, all right, here we go. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. Guess what? That's you. Build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. I'm also well-rested, but earlier this week, I was not. And I'm guessing right now a lot of you listening... We're a little short on sleep too, staying up for the election and then all of the aftermath and stuff that went on the next day and is continuing to go on. And there's people listening to this podcast right now who are really happy about the results of the election. And also there's people listening right now that are angry. But I want to just give to you a couple of facts that happened during that evening. So the markets, whoa. They went down in pre-market trading almost 900 points at one point when we figured out who was going to win the election. People were just freaking out early in the morning with, you know, good reason. But by the end of the day, stocks ended up, I can't remember exactly, but up 250 or 300 points. Huge swing, tons of volatility. And just as I spoke about in the podcast episode number 50, which was all about what do I do with my investments around the election season. And if you haven't listened to it, I suggest you do. Go to bestandwealth.com and you'll see on the right-hand side, episode number 50, I'm sorry, episode number 57, click that, click play, and you'll be off and running. And that podcast has to do with volatility like we're experiencing right now. To put it into perspective, when Obama was elected into office and won his second term, that day, the market was down almost 2%. That really, it doesn't mean anything at all, especially when you bring it into context to episode number 57 that I urge you to listen to. It just means there's volatility right before, right after an election. You see, the market hates uncertainty. And now that we have a new president, there are uncertain things like How much money are we going to spend, government spending? What are the trade policies going to look like? And who will be leading the Fed as we come out on the other side with a new president? But here is the big thing. Here's what we all need to do. We need to try our best not to twist our political views with our long-term investment strategy. You see, we think that they're totally connected. But the reality is, they're not. And for those of you that are really upset about Trump being elected as president, there are a couple of things that might actually help your long-term investments, such as the potential of 
less taxes, and more importantly, less corporate taxes, maybe less government intervention, maybe more infrastructure spending. Those things could really help your long-term strategy. What's important, though, is if you're freaking out, is to go back to your investment policy statement. Gosh, I hope you have one right now, because that's what we need to go back to, because that's the glue. That's the course that we decided was in our best interest for the good times and maybe when we feel things are not so good. That's our guide to make sure that we don't make an emotional decision about our investments, such as the fact that the president-elect might not be the person who we wanted to be in office. Go back to your investment policy statement and stick to it. And if you're still nervous, please go to bestandwealth.com and listen to episode number 57. And you're probably sick of hearing about the election and so forth. So let's just get to the topic of the day. Five rules for loaning money to family members. So I'm a family steward. You know that. And hopefully you're a family steward. You believe that your family is your most important thing. Even if you have kids that are out of the house or don't have kids at all, if you're married or have a significant other and you have a mother and father, like this is your family. You are a family steward. The decisions you make about your money and your job and everything really has to do with your family. And our families demand a lot from us, our love, our attention, our support, our money. But sometimes family members ask for things that are far more tangible, like money. And just this week, I was talking to two separate couples about their kids that were coming out of college right now couple of them were out of college and they're still supporting them in some way, shape or form. Might be a cell phone bill, might be car insurance, might be more than that. But the conversations we had is when do you cut the cord from your kids? And that's an episode for another day. But I was just thinking further last night. What about loaning mem- money to family members like your kids or maybe your cousin or your brother? or your niece, or your mother. That's a whole nother story. So I did a little research on the internet. I found a nice article that actually gave six rules to loaning money to family members, but I combined one, and we're going to use just five rules that I think are very important. Because loaning money to a family member with the expectation to be repaid, can be completely an awkward situation, especially if you don't know how to approach it. Do I have them sign a contract? Should we establish a repayment schedule? What if they never pay me back? Those are all important questions. And to answer these questions, we're going to look to these five rules. Rule number one, put everything in writing. Put the parameters in place, the time frame, the interest rate, and when payments need to start. Because when you put things in writing, they become more real, more tangible. And you have to be willing, even though it's a family member, that you will enforce the contract. So it's important to have a conversation with whoever you're loaning money to about what happens if payments are missed. 
I mean, you really need to think about what the heck are you going to do if you loan money to your brother and he's not paying you back? Having that conversation up front with your brother or whoever you're loaning money to is extremely important so everybody knows what to expect going in. Alan Moore, a certified financial planner and and co-founder of the XY Planning Network, even suggests putting a legal contract in place, meaning getting an attorney involved. Because when you get an attorney involved, it really becomes a contract, something that whoever you're loaning money to is like, yeah, this is real serious stuff. Treat it as you would any other loan and don't leave anything out. Don't make any assumptions at all. It was even suggested in this article, which I'll post on Best in Wealth, to make sure that you consult the IRS-approved interest rate for family loans that are above $14,000. You see, you can give away $14,000 to anyone that you want and not have to suffer any of these uh, potential tax consequences. And the government actually states that if you're going to give money to somebody, even on a loan, that to a family member, that there needs to be an interest rate involved in loans above $14,000. Because if they don't pay the money back, now it's a gift plus the interest that was supposed to be paid. And these rates will help you avoid unnecessary tax complications. For instance, the IRS could charge you taxes for the interest you could have collected even if you didn't and hold the borrower accountable. Next thing, number two rule, if you're considering loaning money to a family member, before you do, your rule number two is to consider what will happen if they don't pay you back. I mean, put yourself in this situation. What if you see your family member that you loan money to taking vacations or making large purchases, but they're not paying back the loan? How will you feel? How will you handle the situation? So ideally, you should have an open and honest conversation early on what will happen in the event that the terms you agreed upon aren't met. Everybody needs to be aware of the consequences should that happen. So it's not a surprise. I know I touched that on that on number one, but this is so important. It is rule number two. Here's rule number three. If you're considering loaning money to family members. Know that your relationship will change. Friends, money is often a decisive and awkward topic, especially in personal relationships. So loaning money to family members is more than just a financial decision. It's an emotional decision. Loaning money to someone who you share Thanksgiving with can cause major issues, sometimes without you even realizing it. Dave Ramsey used to touch on that all the time. He's got a a strong, powerful opinion on how he feels about loaning money to family members. It turns your relationship from sibling to lender. And when there's an issue, or even if there's not an issue, it can make you seem like you're holding the money over them even when you don't intend to which means it's imperative not to mention the payments outside of predetermined times. So never making off-the-cuff comments across the room like, sure, hoping to get that first payment soon, that can ruin a relationship. Just know 
If you lend money to a family member, that relationship will change, period. Number four rule before lending money to a family member is learn to say no, but respectfully. Just because someone you love is asking for money doesn't mean you have to say yes. Whether you genuinely don't have the cash to loan or you're just avoiding a potentially sticky situation, saying no is not a bad thing. It can make your relationship better. The person you say no to might be offended. They may think that you don't care for a short period, but overall, your relationship is probably going to be better off. So saying things like, listen, I understand the place you're coming from, but I have a personal family financial goals that we're working towards right now. And I want to make sure I'm on track for those. And unfortunately, there isn't any extra wiggle room to make things happen. I cannot give you this loan. I have a lifestyle financial freedom plan in place right now and it doesn't call for lending money to my brother or my sister just being honest about that is okay but related to that and the most important rule of all i believe before you loan money to a family member is rule number five make it a gift not a loan Dave Ramsey says, never, ever, ever loan money to family members simply because of the emotional issues I talked about already. However, if you have the money, you can consider giving a gift only if you can afford it. Maybe within your lifestyle retirement plan or financial freedom plan, if you inject a gift to a brother or sister for 10000 or 20000 or whatever the amount is, and it doesn't affect your plan, go for it. If you feel your heart going out to this family member and you really want to help them out because you are a family steward, Think about just giving the money away. Because if you don't really need it, the chances of loaning money to somebody and then having that emotion brewing at the Thanksgiving table, it's not worth the five grand or 10 grand. I promise you. So tell them something like, I'm giving you money knowing you need it, but I don't want to sour our relationship. So I don't want to loan you money. I am giving you this money. But tell them, not in an official contract, but the terms of the loan are this, that you must gift the same amount to someone else in need someday and don't ever follow up with them again. Don't follow up three or four years from now and say, did you give that gift to somebody else? Because that's not really going to work out either. But just know and say it. And hopefully that family member, if they get back on their feet, that they will pay it forward, that they will Give that gift to somebody else in need. So being a family steward, this is a sticky situation. On the one hand, you really want to help out your family member. You really do. And you really feel like they're going to pay you back and you don't want to have a contract in place. You think that's too formal for somebody that you're really close to. So you loan them the money because you feel like it's the right thing to do. But sometimes that completely 
destroys a relationship and we don't want that to happen. I'm not saying to be stingy with your money. That's not it at all. It's thinking about all the consequences before you do it. That's what I'm trying to get at today because there are so many consequences with loaning money to family members and I don't want you in this situation where your relationship goes sour because you tried to do a good thing. That's not really what family stewardship is all about. What family stewardship is about is keeping that relationship intact. So either respectfully saying, listen, I don't have the money to loan you, or it doesn't fit within my overall plan, I'm sorry, or giving money as a gift and not expecting to be paid back. Those are the things that'll help you in the long run. Keeping the relationship intact. I mean, we do everything for our family, but we only have one. We don't want to lose a brother or a sister or a mother or a cousin. We want them all because we love our family and it's the only thing that we have. So sometimes love makes us say no and other times love allows us to give a gift. If you have questions about this or anything else, please email me anytime. Scott at bestandwealth.com and go to bestandwealth.com and listen to episode number 57 if you're feeling anxious about the election. And until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.